0: Back to another Pink Show episode one hundred and something or other. I'm Mike Levy, and today we're gonna do something called the three bike challenge. A topic idea that came from PB user Jay Sheridan, who posted it as a comment under a previous podcast. So what we're gonna do today is each pick three bikes that we like at or around ish three different price points. So that's a thousand dollars on a bike, three thousand dollars on a bike. $6,000 $6, American on a bike. Then we need to back our choices up. For example, Kaz will have to explain why spending $6,000 on a Bianchi e-bike that he really wants is a good idea instead of an insult to both mountain biking and anyone who owns a set of working eyeballs. But seriousness aside, I think we all have some different priorities when it comes to what we want out of a bike and how we like to ride bikes. So I think this is going to be a lively discussion once we get to it. And just so you know, none of us know what bikes the others have chosen. We're just going to spring it on each other instead. So before we get to that and the news, I've got a different question to start this podcast. I've got Brian Park here, Mike Casimer, and Henry Quinney. I'm going to start with Henry. Henry, what's the most amount of money you've ever spent on a mountain bike?
1: Ooh, oh man. I'm trying to think. I remember I got the first generation 650B specialized enduro, and I th- I thought it was very very nice at the time. And I mean, it was obviously a great bike. Looking back, you know, it was like the first generation that had like a one by drivetrain. It had the yeah. lyric. It had so many things going on. It was very very exciting. Yeah,
0: and how much did it cost?
1: I think it was like four and a half thousand pounds or something horrific like that it was really expensive i basically i got my house broken into and my garage just cleaned out of bikes but i got quite a healthy check from um from the old insurance and so i was like oh well may as well and that's um that's how i came to have it
2: what were you doing in life then like what was the ratio of making money and spending money
1: uh, very same as always. Spending a lot of money, not make not making very much. That's just uh, the equilibrium I strive for. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was working in a bike shop, and you get pretty. I mean, you work for minimum wage because you get, you know, discounted bikes. And it's funny. I remember I used to work with this one guy who only worked Saturdays, and he worked like a real job. Like he got paid, like you know, a proper salaried wage from an office job and then he just worked saturdays in the bike shop and i was always like so annoyed because he got the same discount as me but i spent 40 hours a week working for minimum wage and he didn't you know <laughs> but he would save like thousands of pounds a year in bikes so i think i got that one slightly discounted but i think at that time i was only in the uk for a couple of months so i got helped out but not not by it wasn't full trade because i literally just swinging by a bike shop to work there
0: for a month or two yeah that's a good strategy though just do just do a single day oh, a yeah. week in a bike shop?
1: Totally. He got new bikes every year and then, you know, did the whole kind of buy them a trade, sell them for maybe a slight loss, 50 bucks or something end of the year. And so basically him working in a bike shop, the wage wasn't the thing that paid him. It was like the five grand in savings he got every year.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's obvious that we've all been in the industry for a while and we could get discounts on bikes and parts and that kind of stuff. That's, it's not a secret, but... I want to tell you guys how much I spent on a bike before I was in the industry. The most embarrassing part about this is that I got a job at a bike shop about a month after I purchased this bike at full retail price. So this would have been in 2000, and maybe three or two or something like that $7,200. Oh, full retail on a Santa Cruz Super 8. What then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then. <laughs> that that's so like much 12 money. grand in today dollars. Man, <laughs> I, I like bikes. Say. Bikes are cool. I know, you but know.
1: It was old times, man. Like you could buy a house for that, probably a couple of acres of land. Yeah. <laughs> H-
0: I was I was working at a at a um Tra- truck trailer manufacturing plant. I was building the walls for semi-trucks and I, I was I making were, decent money. Yeah. I thought you were trying to find a way to say like, oh, horticulturalist. <laughs>
2: yeah. I was farmish.
0: <laughs> no, so I, yeah, I got this amazing thing and I remember picking it up. I couldn't run any of the money through my tax, so I had to spend it in cash. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have some stories about drug dealers buying bikes oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, maybe that we'll save that for a different podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brian. What about you? If you think back to mm-hmm. Grom, Brian, before industry days, I know you've been doing this forever, but did you ever buy a bike at full retail? Yeah, I bought one. I bought a giant XCX. Is that one?
2: Yeah, XCX1. Yeah. It had a had like a dual crown sit on it. Yeah, it had a Sid air shock. Yeah, yeah. I, I saved up for a couple of years. and I know, was, yeah, 14, 14-ish. Yeah. 13, 14 of... Yeah, I worked at Lakeside Resort cleaning bathrooms and Tickleberry's ice cream. slinging ice cream. Yeah, tickleberries. tickleberries. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's not not a good <laughs> no. I, <don't>, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird, weird scene. Um and yeah, I bought I went up to Kelowna, bought that bike, had it for maybe three weeks, cased this little road gap and cracked it, bent the fork, everything was oh, fucked. Shit. And then Yeah, it was really I was distraught and I ended up by that point. I had a job at a bike shop and started, started down the path that ended up in me getting a friggin' banshee scream. Oh God. But I, and so even though, yeah, I know. I know. I like just in terms of human life, I put like that bike. I don't think I paid a huge amount for it because I was getting shot like cost plus 10 or cost plus five or something. But in terms of, like, my life expended to get the goddamn bike was, I I cleaned a lot of bathrooms for that stupid Banshee. Like, it was a whole, I was building, I think I was getting $8 per bike built at the shop. I was 13, 14 then. And, yeah, it was a lot of bikes. And it, it took a long time. And so, I don't know. But it was, it wasn't, it was, I probably spent four grand.
0: When you got the Banshee, was it everything that you dreamed of?
2: Oh, yeah. It went off loading docks like
0: a motherfucker. You're right. <laughs> all right, Kaz, I know you've worked at shops forever. I know that people who work at shops, they get employee discounts, but I still want to know how much you've spent on a mountain bike.
3: It's hard to know. I buy a lot of, I mean, I've bought a lot of bikes over the years. I'd say one of my earlier, my spooky June Bug, which is a long time ago, back in like 99, that bike was probably $2,500 or something. I spent all my paper yeah. route money on it and that was a hardtail. So $2,500 for a hardtail in 99. That's like the old days. So that was a lot of money.
0: Like We we all know that paper route money, cast That was hard-earned money. Oh, yeah. In fucking I, Connecticut I, at 6 yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I earned that. So that's probably like the most like, I mean, I, I spent more money than that. But like the amount of effort to getting the bike, that's probably the highest overall. Um, yeah, there's been plenty more bikes since then. But that one sticks out as like, I spent all my money on this one bike. And that's like,
0: that was what I got.
2: Levy, are you... Or did you ask that question to kind of just set up how
0: out of touch we are uh sort of because we're gonna yeah, get to okay. that but like <laughs> okay. we are when we live in la la land
1: we don't live in the real world i just wonder what cars was sliding into those pages of the newspapers to afford all these expensive bikes
3: <laughs> money
1: laundering delivery <laughs> I got, systems i got 6 a.m when the cops aren't around
3: i think you need tips and cash <laughs> all the little housewives thought I was cute <laughs> and they would just give me tips and it was good yeah from
0: tickleberries yeah, yeah.
3: tickleberries yeah <laughs>
0: So I, I've got another question for the two editors here. So we test bikes as our our full time jobs. Kaz, do you own a mountain bike right now? A personal mountain bike that you purchased?
3: Uh, yeah, I own one. That transition spur I own. That's my bike. Yeah. I usually yeah, I okay. usually have a, a bike every year, two years, kind of go through them that way. It's just nice to have a bike mm-hmm. I can hang parts off of. So um, whether I'd end up purchasing, like if in the frame up or a complete or whatever, this one I built from the frame up. But uh, but yeah, it's my own bike. Yeah, Henry.
0: Do you currently
1: own um, a mountain bike? This is actually perfect. I've actually, I own one bike and it's a road bike, which I'm about to sell. So basically what it is, it's a really nice Cannondale alloy road bike with deep dish wheels. I think it's a CAD-13, 4105, 56-inch no frame. Sorry, 56-inch, 56 56-centimeter 56 <laughs> <six laughs> frame. You hit me up. Very good deal. Very good deal. Hit, hit Henry at pinkbook.com. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, let's get into the news. And the first thing that Kaz is gonna tell us about is a set of fancy carbon fiber wheels from Revol. Kaz, you like those wheels a lot?
3: Yeah, they're great wheels. Uh, Yeah, they're 1,450 grams. So people that pay attention to that type of thing, it's pretty light, not the lightest, but not the heaviest carbon fiber. They're nice and wide, 29 millimeter internal width, and they're priced at 1,350 US dollars. So obviously not cheap. There were plenty of people in the comments saying like, i don't know they're kind of like losing their minds about the price but that price is actually reasonable compared to other carbon fiber wheels so that's what you have to keep in mind if you're trying to compare that to budget alloy wheels yeah they're really expensive but compared to what else is out there they strike a really good price first performance um, ratio they felt super nice and they kind of i mean they did everything i wanted and that price isn't out of the ordinary for carbon
0: who remembers when the first 1500 gram pre-built wheel set came out i think it might have been like from mavic or somebody Mm -hmm. and it was like a big deal and now Mm -hmm. these things 29 millimeter internal width Mm -hmm. crazy and they're 1450 grams Mm -hmm. i mean
2: 1500 gram wheel sets in mountain biking have been around for a while but they were like 23 id and 26 inch wheels Mm -hmm. they were dumb They were dumb. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Kaz, what's the difference between these wheels, which are uh, just a bit under 1,500 grams and 1,350 bucks, and the Carbon Control SL wheels that I had, which cost like twenty seven hundred dollars and weigh twelve hundred and something grams is it just the rim layup stuff or
3: their the layup of the rims actually the same they have more spokes the the cheaper wheels have more spokes so the ones i was on were 28 spokes and the ones you're on were 24 spokes so that's one way they so, save some well, weight the cheap wheels have more spokes surely you're getting better bang for your buck i know you get, get more, more yeah ride. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you get more spokes for less money um and then the hub is what wow. the main difference is the uh uh, Revolve machine their own hub shelf and put DT Swiss internals for those uh carbon SL wheels. While the yeah. ones I was on are just a normal uh, DT Swiss 350 hub, so the hub weight is where the most of the weight savings comes from, along with the these spokes. But yeah, um, as far as ride feel goes, I actually prefer the cheaper ones just because they're not as noisy. Like those light ones are lighter, but they get a little bit twangy in corners. I think maybe just because of 24 they're spokes, they kind of like wong, yeah. wong. It, it's nothing bad, but I kinda like my wheels to not make any noise. So yeah, these ones were totally silent and I definitely rode them harder than you probably would ride a XC trail wheel set. So. Reliability good? Yep. Definitely smashing wheels. I, I did a lot of kind of lighter tire testing on them. So that meant that I was smashing the rim on the ground more often than I would with like double down <laughs> tires and stuff. So especially those wicked wheel tires. Those ones were pretty thin, the ones I had. So I definitely smash these wheels a fair bit and yeah they're still fine so uh, yeah were those the fan.
0: wicked wheels from field
3: test kaz um yeah or, well yeah i tested them before field test but yeah that that tire uh,
0: yeah they don't have a lot of sidewall <laughs> no not so much
3: <laughs> all right well moving on from carbon wheels let's talk about the pb racing team pink bikes going racing this year got a downhill world cup squad four team members need jackson Connolly, amy kenyon Tebow Lolly and then Ben Cathro, tall man himself, is going to be heading up the team as the manager, and he's going to be racing as well. Um, got a pretty good list of sponsors, and Santa Cruz is going to be providing the frames, some Continental tires, Shimano drivetrain, Adidas 510 footwear, got some reserve wheels on there, Darko clothing, Bluegrass helmets, DD and the cockpit parts, and then of course Pinkbike and outside are the other backers so pretty good list um there's a couple of components still to be taken care of We'll probably learn about those in the future but yeah it looks like a solid team and we should also mention that henry quinney is gonna be the mechanic excited Ooh. about that
1: yeah yeah one of the mechanics yeah for sure
3: yeah nice what's what are you most excited about like you didn't you haven't been on the circuit in the last couple of years hmm.
1: right i'm just uh i kind of it sounds a bit silly i'm looking forward to just the test and just feeling that being in the there and the now you know i think the cool thing about being a World Cup mechanic is, as a fan of the sport, it's kind of cool just to be in the be in those sort of conversations and and know the exact score, not hearing it second, third, fourth, fifth hand, but actually being there. Um, I'm really looking forward to doing some testing, and I think uh, I think it's gonna be
0: a great year. I can't wait to get over there and get into it. Do you think that you'll be gluing any fake fork dials on? As we talked about uh, in our last podcast, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. No, I
1: think um, honestly, like we spoke last time about you know the sweet spot of basically brands and and kind of having brands that are reliable i'm really looking forward to, and you know we know that santa cruz make good quality bikes and shimano's just tried and trusted, tried and tested and i'm really looking forward to just having bikes that should hopefully work really well and parts that i personally i, I feel like i trust and, and that's super exciting
2: i uh, think this is a good opportunity to let everybody know that we um for suspension, we're we're lucky enough to find um so a whole bunch of new old stock Zizix forks. Yes, so, Henry, um, you're going to be so, so busy it. drilling out the bottom of those things.
1: We've got um those Himalo 36s from Budget versus Baller. Yeah, which I'll be bringing just as a backup.
0: So what what are we doing for suspension on this team? I didn't hear any suspension sponsors on that list. We've got a few people we're talking to. Okay, um, there's some good options out there. Secrets for now secrets for now okay I, I have another question I saw some comments people asking about Mondraker but we're on Cruz, aren't we what's the deal with that
2: yeah uh, we we'll, that'll come out in the first in the first uh, episode um just how the team came together we we ran into some last second difficulties because apparently we don't know how to read very well and the UCI <laughs> regulations are quite complicated and uh, Mondraker helped us out of a, out of a bit of a jam where we wouldn't have been able to make the season work the way we wanted to otherwise so yeah it'll get explained in the th- in the show watch the show um when it when it starts yeah
0: my my last question about the race team is that are the three colors and the stripes patented or are we allowed to use those colors for our team
2: patenting patenting stripes is definitely a thing no it's <laughs> <laughs> there's no secret people uh i think people are liking the, the branding but a couple people pointed out that it's like TRD branding wasn't our intention i uh i literally sent some graphics of old vhs tapes designs and pink bike the pink bike red and the outside yellow to the designer and he came back with with this and it was we, we he pretty much nailed it we didn't we didn't overthink it so mm-hmm. i'm i think the jerseys look good yeah yeah um, no me too they look classy a bunch a bunch of people were saying they'd buy them It's pretty wild that Manchester United and Ferrari both use red. You know, it's crazy. (laughs) Somewhere out there, people are like, "They're totally different reds. They're totally different."
0: Henry, where should people expect to see you guys? Are you guys doing all the World Cups? What else are you doing throughout the year?
1: Yes, so we're we're gonna head and we're gonna do the uh, Portugal Cup, which is the week before Lords. Then we have Lords, and then we'll do we're gonna do the full host of the World Cup. season and yeah it's super exciting some testing trips in there as well and uh you know it's i think it's gonna be really good it's gonna be great to see i don't know hopefully ben's obviously gonna do his normal his normal thing there's gonna be this series about the season but hopefully just through my side i can um, do some tech pieces as well like right on right on the action and and uh, no, i've got some ideas for that to, that too
0: yeah and i know you and i have talked about you getting some podcasts recorded from from the road as well too which would be interesting
1: yeah i think it'd be great i'd love to just you know i mean for instance i know a couple of years ago when maybe um minar he snapped his v10 right oh yeah and there was a guy called game who was a racer himself and he just grabbed the frame and ran ran to the pits but wouldn't it be cool just to get that guy on a podcast like the day after and just talk about it and yeah i know that's the kind of thing i have in mind but we'll see we'll see yeah,
3: yeah that'd be cool Well, speaking of racing, we've got a little bit of news coming from Intense. They're working on another version of their downhill bike. It's hard to keep track of how many versions there are, but this one looks like it's going to be a high pivot. Um, According to Jeff Sieber, he says, it's phase three of a project that started six months ago. Uh, They've been doing some benchmarking and it's the start of the next generation IFR DH rig. He says, stay tuned for more toys for the boys. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising that another company working on a high pivot. Did this take anyone by surprise?
1: Here's a question. They are working this high pivot. They're working on loads of bikes. What do you think you'd be able to buy soon—an Atherton bike or one of these intenses? Because
2: they have both been going around for years, right?
3: That's a good question. Yeah, I, I wouldn't is... put my money on either of those.
2: Not... We're actually trying to get—I think the Athertons are going to join us on a podcast. Um Gene it's like and the and stuff, NFT but...
1: of bike design. You just own the concept, and then you wait three years for your bike to show up.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's all bikes right now. So yeah, I don't think <laughs> these really might be harder to get. <laughs> do you guys? think that we are starting to see bikes made for a specific purpose converge on a certain design that works best for that purpose. Like if you look at motorbikes, you see a lot of dirt bikes, you know, single pivot, little linkage under thing. Do you think, you know, five years from now, all downhill bikes are gonna be high pivot things?
3: No, I don't think so. Like having ridden them, I think you can make you can make a non high pivot bike perform really well, just like you can make you can make, you can make either style be good or bad i'd say like i think there's benefits and it could depend on the course you know if you if they go back to um, that south africa course was pretty it wasn't very chunky and i don't know if a high pivot design would work that well there. like that's one where you want like a snappy good pedaling bike whereas some of the rowdier like super chunky ones i think that high pivot can be an advantage so i think it just kind of depends
2: i think a lot of newer riders have gotten spared the acronym wars like leaving Kat- henry it might be before your time but like Levy and Kaz you guys grew up through the like oh it's a VPP so it's shit or oh it's an FSR so it's shit. I'm on team VPP. Oh I'm on dual short length. Yeah like all the things. Yeah Yeah. and it's like we've really gotten away from that in the past few years and it's like you can make a lot of different designs great or shit based on the rest of the bikes and the characteristics you're trying to get out of the bike. So Mm -hmm. I don't there is no I think there's probably some design convergence on like Basic FSRs for certain types of characteristics and certain types of bikes, and I think that in general we won't see high pivot XC like race weapons kind of things. So I think we'll see we'll probably converge on flex day bikes on cross country side. We'll probably converge on general like two you know du- dual link and FSR designs in. In trail bikes, and then the pivots will probably get a little higher in downhill bikes, but not all. I don't know.
1: But I think it's it's similar to you know pull or push rod suspension yeah. in cars. Mm-hmm. You know, like not, like Formula One teams, some of them use pull and some of them use push. It's just it depends on the architecture of the chassis, and the same with bikes and, and how they want to incorporate that. And I mean we spoke about it last week about the incredible grip of that polygon downhill bike, but it sometimes actually the way that you generate speed, you know. And if i'm doing it you can guarantee the pro, pro riders are doing it 10 times to the extent on the exit of turns and and pumping and flowing and i wonder if actually having something that doesn't hug the ground so well can actually it, it can sometimes be a little bit quicker on the exit
3: of things yeah. and i think some of what we see what we're seeing some of it could be reactive just based on who's getting podiums and what bike they're on you know if you're mm-hmm. watching the common Sal team and their high pivot bikes have just been crushing it you know largely due to the athletes that they have but you know, there's no denying that bike is doing well. So I'm sure some companies are like, "Hey, let's try this and see if it works. And if it does, they go that route." So um I think you've seen both things, but that's why it's always fun when race season starts and see what does well.
1: But also, I think um, people, you know we're, we're curious beings, us humans. You know, and brands are just a collection of humans, and of course they're going to be curious. <laughs> so it's no, just because he's welding something up doesn't mean it's going to reach production. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, um yeah, I think I think it's, it's it's cool that a lot of people are trying it, and. You know, I mean, it's just one of the things. You know, Levy, how did how did the Grim Donut miss this? You know, that's the only question.
0: We skipped right over it. We know that yeah. high pivots are going to be amazing for you know seven or eight years, but we do know that <laughs> poorly first... designed dual link bikes will take over t- in ten years. <laughs> I mean, our original suspension system for the Grim Donut was
2: called High Pivot Virtual. Yeah, High Pivot Virtual. <laughs>
3: All right. And the last little bit of news that we should probably talk about is the introduction of beta articles on the pink bike homepage and scrolling down, you've probably seen the little gray box. You click on it. It takes you over to the beta website. Brian, what's that all about?
2: I mean, I don't think this is con- going to be contentious at all. What do you mean? What do yeah, you mean? Yeah, it's just chill. It's don't barely it. nice. yeah, yeah. No, no. Okay. I mean, so I, I do have to publish something on the homepage. We've got to do a little announcement letter from the editor to let people know what's going on, but I'll practice here. So, Pink bike and beta are one team now under uh, in our parent company outside. There's we're combining the teams pink bike is going to stay pretty much the same, Beta is going to stay pretty much the same too. Focusing on sort of like more print long form stuff and features. The difference is they are members only site, So like they're, they are ostensibly the paywall. Whereas pink bike stays free beta stories will be on the homepage and they'll take you out to the, out to the beta site, but all the usual, you know, news racing reviews, comments, user stuff. Danny McCaskill videos, etc., will stay free on pink bike. Um, if you don't want to see the beta articles, there is an option to hide them in the new settings, uh, for people who are like logged in and yeah, I don't know. We'll be using the beta model to work with some new writers and photographers and filmmakers and growing the team. We've got a whole bunch of new people that I can announce when, when I write that thing up, but it's cool. Uh, it'll be a cool thing. And if people are interested in supporting that stuff, it's like, I could. S- yeah, like $0.07 cents a day right now, USD. So
0: yeah, consider it. Brian, I don't know if you went into the comment section on well, any PB no. article, but especially my freaking podcast, no. Sorry. Savage Sorry. Comments About Paywalls. Can you clarify for people in the future like what might be behind a paywall and what's not going to be behind a paywall?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, there's – so big picture – pink bike like is going to have the same resources or more resources for the public side and beta will have the same resources or the more more resources for the membership side what's really changing is that beta is going from 30 percent paywalled to 100 percent paywalled and pink bike is going from zero percent paywalled to zero percent paywalled but there'll be some paywalled articles shown there and like promoted in it yeah big picture important popular sort of general stuff all the big stories are going to still be on pink bike and we'll use beta to have all them like more narrower deeper types of things so you know and i should say like full disclosure we we have a ton of stuff to learn about membership it hasn't been our business model in the past i don't have all the answers but like this is what we're trying today and i I do want to say like we we love mountain biking we want to do something that adds to it and we think this is the best way to do it i hope people give it a chance and hey if it turns out otherwise if it turns out it's not working then we'll do something else you know it's we're we're here to do cool shit
1: yeah i mean from i I suppose i have this perspective of well it's, it's two things firstly since outsides come on board it's this been ultimate boogeyman and suddenly every mistake i make in an article like if i don't put a comma in it's like outside of doing this it's great yep. for me like i no longer have any responsibility it's fantastic um and also i think you know i suppose people feel they have ownership in pink bike which is amazing
2: and they do and they are the site. reason
1: we're here yep exactly it wouldn't be the site it is if it wasn't for them but i think pride and presumption um which i suppose is you know one of jane austen's lesser-known works but <laughs> it's the it's the root of a lot of anxiety but i hope that just in uh i haven't
0: read about that one yet yeah
1: right it's coming out it's it's gonna be go- ghost written quite yes. literally yeah but um you know i think from what i understand and as someone that is a fan of pink bike i'm really hopeful for the stuff that we get to do like this world cup team and some of the content i'm gonna get to do from europe and some of the testing plans i have like i'm so excited and i hope that it'd be great if maybe some of the audience who were nervous just said it's, we don't have to presume it to be its worst case if it gets bad like we're not like you know judge us then but let's not judge us on your worst you know Fierce. Worst impulse your fears, yeah. yeah
2: yeah and just two things one to be clear the pink bike racing stuff will be public that won't you know we maybe will do some like pov runs or stuff for members but like the series itself is going to be public i mean there'll be of course
1: um a campaign of suppression by me when i forget to tighten the
2: headset on the first one
1: don't let it go live don't let it go live
2: (laughs) yeah yeah and then yeah i think you said it right henry it's it's i think one of the things for me that i'm excited about is that there's there can be like a hollowness to being driven by the by the tyranny of the majority you know some of my favorite stories aren't the ones that succeed from a numbers perspective and we'll get to do more of that on beta and yeah i don't know i just i do like the idea of the membership model for some of the things we do working directly for readers who support us i think it's going to help decouple ourselves from the perception of bias in some cases and yeah i think it'll be all right
1: i like when you said um stories that don't do well from a numbers perspective it's only a webcam i swear you looked at me i swear we made (laughs) eye contact looking right into my song oh
2: (laughs) No, actually, if we could just get more more like hate clicks about cable
0: routing, that'd be great <laughs> speaking speaking of hate clicks, I definitely will say that I was pretty bummed about the comments i I usually stay out of it like i usually I don't like commenting and like getting riled, but man, I made some comments yeah, in there that like, I think
1: but I think when whenever you look at criticism or something, it doesn't matter if it's the world at large, or it's an article on pink bike, culturally, we have a hmm sort of a superficial understanding of intelligence in some ways that conflates long form sort of hyperliteracy with genuine critical thinking and i saw some of the articles and superficially you thought oh actually they could make sense but actually you thought about five seconds and you were like like let's everyone just simmer down and i think that we have to trust that a lot of audience can view things not only critically but also understand what is
2: critical and what mm-hmm.
1: isn't really genuine you know yeah
2: i don't like the answer isn't isn't binary, you know, uh, and I I fully understand and respect that. Change is both scary and often bad. The thing that I like about having Pinkbike and Beta working together is that we don't have to overlap on stories anymore. And Beta, we can have Beta doing more and new and different things for the mountain bike world. So there's like a net benefit to mountain biking and and people are really mad that they had to like scroll their little scroll wheel one further to not click on something so part of me gets really frustrated the other half though is that totally people feel this is part of their identity they care about pink bike and we should be proud that they care this much about pink bike we've made them we've made something that that people are that scared to lose so okay good and i don't uh i think we'll just have to keep proving Mm -hmm. it to them right and like like i said we don't know the answers and if it's if
0: it turns out bad, we won't be here either. So, <laughs> all right, I think that is enough whining for our part anyway. Let's get into our discussion <laughs> about the three bike challenge. Now, the whole thing is here we're going to pick three bikes one at a thousand dollars American, one at three thousand dollars American, and one at six thousand dollars American. Then we have to justify our choices, back them up. You know, why did why did Henry pick that e-bike? I have no idea. Maybe he'll explain it to me. <laughs> but first, let's let let's go over the rules. First of all, bikes, guys, they don't need to be new. You guys could have looked in the PB buy and sell for something interesting or a good deal, especially, Cas, if you were looking for something with 26-inch wheels like I know you prefer. We're also going to be a little more flexible on the price. So just like in the real world, sometimes you see something you want, but it costs a tiny bit more, so you save a little longer. So if Henry needs to spend an extra $100 renos to get a dropper post so he doesn't die, I'm going to let him. So if he needs to spend $1,100 instead of $1,000, he can do that. Thanks, Levy. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Lastly, and probably most importantly, bikes don't need to be in stock. Otherwise, we wouldn't even have a freaking podcast. This is a thought experiment, not real life. So we're just going to pretend that everyone has the bikes we want. Kind of like the before times, right? all right let's get into it and i want to start with the thousand dollar bike casimir what bike did you choose let's see it
3: oh yeah i got two but i think my favorite one is a 2012 specialized sx trail it's so good it's only a thousand dollars it has 180 millimeters of travel 26 inch wheels unfortunately those wheels are crank brothers wheels the old iodine like the twin spoke style (laughs) Um, so those might not last Mm -hmm. very long it even says that one of them needs to be trued so those probably not good but it's got a totem it says it was freshly rebuilt and then one of my favorite parts is where he says he purchased his bike a few years ago from a friend of darren bearcloth i like that
0: oh shit <laughs> yeah it's, it's not- Bearcloth's so friend's wait, bike is it darren's bike or not no it's a size large I'm so i don't think darren
3: yeah darren i don't think rides a size large so it's his friend's bike but i like that you've darren's name in there <laughs> yeah I,
2: I, I from now on will note that i have once spoken to greg and minar in all my bike lists right yes. it's so good <laughs> like, i think it's a good tactic <laughs> acquaintance of yeah oh, Kaz, I, I i have questions for you <laughs> though
0: yeah because i got i got questions i'm sort of surprised that you went this far back because you're compromising on the geo wouldn't you prefer like like a new thousand mm-hmm. dollar hardtail has better geometry than this old specialized <laughs>
3: I loved that this, this bike. When I, yeah, I had one of these bikes and I loved it, and it was fine back then. So it would still be fine now, even though I've ridden all these new fancy <laughs> is, geometry is it, bikes. Like I could the things I did yeah. on it back then, I could still do them now. So I'd be all right. I'd put a dropper post no. on it. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: get me one. I'll Are show you. you. <laughs> so,
2: Kaz, is it safe? To, is it safe to say that your choice for the thousand dollar bike is not gonna? You don't think you can get a bike that will fulfill the like? your modern needs as a modern mountain biker and you're getting more of a nostalgia sort of fun toy type No, thing. I
3: think this would better suit my needs than getting some hardtail. Like, I want a full suspension bike, but for $1,000, really? you're not oh, going to... really? Okay. Huh. Yeah, I just don't... I mean, hardtails are fine, That's but it's That's the opposite like, of what we always tell people i don't tell people i tell people i don't know what i tell people but on this one i just want to toad him again <laughs> and nostalgia yes. definitely took over you like,
1: me down like this somebody up, up in court being like i didn't kill him but if i did kill him this is how i'd do it <laughs> yeah like, exactly Jesus.
3: <laughs> it's just like give me flashbacks but i have another bike too the, so if the you oj like, tactic nice yeah so this one would be great this is actually my top pick but my second pick is a hardtail i found a 1991 gary fisher pro caliber custom build Oh, sick. somebody powder coated yes. it. it's it got kind of like a bass boat sparkle finish and it's got like some newer stuff and some older stuff it has a disc brake in the front and then a v-brake in the rear because those bikes didn't have disc brake mounts it's got xt hubs with some like 317 rims mavic rims or 717 chris king headset chris king headset it's got a box two by nine drivetrain like it's got it's a funny mix of like new and old stuff but i would ride this bike this would be my like i wouldn't Ride it like I would ride that SX trail. I'd have to just kind of cruise around. I don't know if those frames can how long they would last, but
0: Kaz, yeah. that SX trail, I'm looking at it right now and it looks like nothing but trouble. It's from 2012. It has Crank Brothers wheels on it. I, and, I know, I know. Leave it alone. It's special. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't think this is a like if you came to me as a friend and was like, hey, like you're not in the mountain bike industry, and you're thinking about getting a new mountain bike for a thousand dollars. Do you actually like? Do you think this is a good purchase for somebody?
3: I would try to talk the guy down to eight hundred, and then I think it is
0: <laughs> I would try to guy. I would try to talk the guy down to one hundred. <laughs> no, it's all
3: right. Like the wheels would probably be the issue. That's really the issue I see. But the rest should be. Yeah, I
0: will say that I I had an SX Trail, and
2: there's a place in my heart, right? For sure.
3: Yeah, they're good. And he's yeah. got an XT front brake. No,
2: I. It has yeah. a front derailleur. I think we should make That's you ride okay. this bike. Sure, buy it for me. After, I'll ride it.
3: Ugh. You know how many years I spent riding bikes like this,
2: Robin? <laughs> we need some money for. Never mind. Just don't ask, Robin. Yeah, it's, it's a thousand. It's bucks. important. It'll be fine.
3: I would ride this bike, but my Gary Fisher I put in there is special too. So,
0: PB user Froth Monster, if you're listening to this, maybe you should send Kazmir a message about your about your 2012 SX Trail because he is interested trade you a playstation (laughs) game for it (laughs) henry what did you end up with for a thousand bucks well i went down
1: a slightly different road so a lot of these bikes i was looking for instance i was thinking about getting like an entry level something like that i know bmc for instance do alloy hardtails which are quite racy even though they're reasonably progressive but i went for i wanted a hardtail that was a bit more aggressive and so you could hopefully begin to encroach on like full suspension territory um so there is a uk brand called ragley and it's a bit over budget i think it's about 1300 us um but basically it comes the recon fork full shimano dior nuke proof wheels maxis tires and it'd be ready to go 130 mm fork and it's a bit tall at the front it's it's more it'd be better at riding steeper ter- terrain than an all-out xc hardtail
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no dropper post
1: no dropper post but I think, you know, I mean, we're going to talk about this later on when we talk about the more expensive bikes, but I think for a lot of people, versatility represents value. And although it doesn't have a dropper post, the fact that it would
0: do pretty much anything and yeah, you might have to just
1: do a quick release lever, but I think it could go
0: around it. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's sort of a lot like the bike that I ended up with Sombrio Shovel 3 Hardtail. So it works out it's 1,300 Canadian, which is 1,026 American. And I picked it for the most obvious reason, the geometry isn't stupid. Just because I'm on a budget doesn't mean I actively want to die while riding. Sorry,
1: Mike, this is a departure from the person I know. You're what? somebody that does tend to actively want to die. Oh, on that full field test, I was like, so this... uh <laughs> This walking Mountain and track's got really sensible geometry. You're like, hmm, but that 80 degree head, ha- head angle of the Santa Cruz is something I can't resist.
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's a different sort of thing, though. Like, I'm picturing myself, I've got $1,000 to spend. I'm going to have one mountain bike. And I don't want it to be, like, something I like for some reason that doesn't really matter to the rest of the world and it yeah. doesn't really make sense, you know? Like, that's not a reason. If I was reviewing those bikes, I did review those bikes. <laughs> if I was reviewing those bikes, I wouldn't say, like, This one is super sketchy, so I liked it more, but that's exactly what I said.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, that sounds like a direct quote, actually.
0: But I think at this price point, you do want something that is more capable and maybe a little more all around. And geometry, like we always say, is free. Like these aluminum frames cost like $7. Mm -hmm. Like just give the damn thing a 66 degree head angle, like it's supposed to instead of a Mm -hmm. 70 degree head angle. So that's what Sombrio has done with the Shovel 3 looks fun. 66 head angle, 470 reach on a large. It comes with some companies 140 millimeter travel fork. Uh, it also has hydraulic disc brakes from a company called Ride Rever. So yeah, there's yeah, that. that. The,
3: parts, the parts list on this bike, Levy, is interesting. That fork, it looks like it's Uding, ding U-D-I-N-G is what it says on there I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. what it says. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're, yeah, there's a lot of names I haven't really heard in a while. You got your brake levers are Ride, Ever, Ride Rever Attack and then your yeah. hubs are made by they're hydraulic. They are hydraulic. Yep. Your wheels yeah. are torn gat AM28s. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting. Well, it's I in mean, the details,
0: they're... but this thing <laughs> it gets $1000. It's a 1000 yeah. bucks. It has it has good geo. It has hydraulic disc brakes. It has a 140 millimeter fork with adjustable rebound and a lockout. The only bummer is it's not a 29er. I got to ride the wrong size wheels unfortunately, but that's how it is. <laughs>
2: All right, I think I I think I figured out a way to game the system. For $1,000, here's my strategy. So I go out, and I buy a Common Comensal Meta AM29 for more than $1,000 for... Hold on, let me get a price. $2,700. What? This is Just not... Just wait.
0: Just wait. <laughs> then...
2: I sell the frame for about twenty three hundred dollars.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, but Brian. And then that's I buy like saying job. like I made a I made a thousand dollars and I did it only because my dad gave
1: me ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, that's like the, no, the, no, the, it's how much the Donald it cost? Trump way of being like I'm a millionaire and I did it all by myself <laughs> yeah, except started with 10 for this <laughs> interest free million dollar loan. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't work.
2: <laughs> uh, this, is, this is starting a bike company in yeah in two thousand six. Um, no, seriously, I think so. I. I'm looking around for, um, aftermarket for used Common all AM 29 frames. And I'm seeing some listings for like 2,500 bucks plus. And so I, so I'll give them a deal, 2,300 bucks. And then, um, I've still got 700 bucks to get a really nice hardtail frame. But you um, had to pay that money I, in
3: the first place. How do you get the extra, you only have a thousand dollars in your pocket. You can't just you find the yeah. extra couple grand.
2: I, I will borrow it from the bank. I have to you do. should not do, do that credit. this is
3: not a good really? business plan <laughs> so if you're 14 years
1: old and listening to this podcast for consumer advice yes. go, <laughs> go to, to the a bank loan sh- a loan chart steal a credit <laughs> card
2: no no i like because right now <laughs> bikes are really hard to find you're and like super scarce like people are buying used or brand new or used frames like anything you can get is going for the price it is so assuming that things are in stock i'll t- i'll take the buy the more expensive one sell the frame and then and then put the those nice parts on
0: whatever hardtail i want should i try and sell the eight ball on the pb buy and see how much i get <laughs> if everything is going for good money i mean i mean the eight ball can go, you by.
2: can, you can say so, <laughs> oh, formerly owned by an acquaintance of greg menard
0: right i think <laughs> yeah. you can say. nino's friend nino his friend, <laughs> friend. <laughs> one-way friendship with nino <laughs> <laughs> okay brian so out of out of the three bikes that henry myself and Casimir have chosen which one makes the most sense to you and i just want everybody to remember that brian park has brakes on his bike that cost a thousand dollars per end i mean
2: Cas gets bonus points for having a totem yeah fair enough and t- tugging at the, n- the nostalgia heartstrings levy i like your i'm impressed that you're um that you actually accepted the challenge at all yeah i (laughs) decided to be an adult
0: about it i did it so yeah yeah
2: i actually think that it's not terrible advice henry i think i need to give minus points for blowing your budget but i think that that is the closest thing to good advice to somebody looking at for a thousand bucks. Wow, we're
1: really <laughs> hitting our stride here, lads. The closest thing to good advice.
0: <laughs> is that a new tagline? <laughs> okay, so for a thousand bucks, Kaz is getting some old SX trail with a front derailleur. Henry is getting some rag Ragely, Ragley thing from the UK. It's probably <laughs> steel and I don't know, whatever. Fixed gear. And I'm getting a Sombrio Shovel Three. Let's move on to three grand. Three grand. That's three times as much money as one grand. I could finally afford two brakes. Right. <laughs> so I'm curious about how your priorities change at this price point compared to the lower one. So Casimir, three thousand bucks. At that point, you could get a ridiculous hardtail. Would you consider skipping rear suspension at three grand before we get into your choice?
3: No, I don't need a three thousand dollar hardtail at all. If I was gonna buy a hardtail, it would be in that like two thousand or below price bracket. Above that. Yeah. I mean I think above twenty five hundred you can start getting yourself into full suspension and then, you know, buy something with cheaper parts and upgrade it as time goes on. You'll still have the same frame as some of the higher end stuff. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking at full suspension if I'm going to spend $3,000. All
0: right. What, what are you looking at for three grand then?
3: It's going to be a specialized status. Oh, $2,999.
0: That makes makes all the sense in the world. Yeah.
3: At this price point, one of the things, yeah, I mean, just work, like that's the thing, but it has a dropper post. Like 3000 is like, there are, you can still find some bikes that don't have dropper posts at this price point. And also sometimes the front suspension, like the, the fork, there's obviously the, like the fork. This one has the Fox with a rhythm damper, and I think that works really well. And I find yeah. that some of the lower end RockShox um, forks don't feel as good as the, you know, entry level Fox stuff. So basically this one has suspension that works. The drivetrain, it's not my favorite. It's got an NX drivetrain, but again, it can be upgraded and it does shift. It's just not
0: the best. Everything else, yeah, it's just to it do the job. Yeah, would you pick the 140 or the 160 bike?
3: Um, I'd probably go 160, just because I'm only having the one bike to do it all. A little more travel, you could take it to the bike park and not get rattled around as much.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting that you say that too, because this is at this price point, you could start getting into like some more specialized things. Like it, it makes sense to to pick a bike like if you're a cross country rider. Right? Not
2: you don't mean the brand.
0: No, not the brand. Like oh, yeah, a, a more yeah. purposeful bike, more purposeful bike, I should say. You're spending. You know, two grand, you're kind of looking at, like, trail bikes, period. Like, they're all just trail bikes. But once you get up to three, four, five more money, then you get into some things that are more purposeful. Like, if you wanted a cross-country bike, you can get an entry-level cross-country bike or, you know, that kind of thing. So, Henry, did you go that route? Mm -hmm. Or are you still thinking more well-rounded for $3,000? Well, it
1: becomes basically... I've got it to three bikes, all of similar. So I think there's the Giant Trance X 27.5. It goes down to 63.8 degrees in the head angle, should you have it in a slacker setting. I think it's a really, really good value bike. You know, I think it's sort of, I don't know, alloy frame, sensible parts, Shimano Dior. Mm -hmm. It's got a Yari, which is a perfectly good fork with like upgrade potential down the line, should you want to. And it comes in at 2,800 US. So I mean, it's, it's pretty good value. The other bike that I kind of thought of would be the Common Meet Meta TR. Now, that bike comes with a revelation, which is, I suppose, the small sort of chink in its armor. But again, alloy, sensible geometry. And um, and if you want to go ride something Nalia, it's going to be really good. But also, I think it's actually going to, for your, your kind of audience that wants a $3,000 bike, it's going to do everything from sort of aggressive cross-country all the way up to so you could ride proper enduro on that.
0: For this price point, I immediately just open Comantel's website and Vitas' website.
1: Well, this is the thing. Oh, okay, the so... is I do not think about Vitas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I am um... – how to put this? So I thought I'd go straight to the German the German brands, right? Yep. You know, the German brand tends to put more of an emphasis on componentry. They're often very good value. Your friend can But, you know, well, this is the thing. Like, I just want to look at the bloody bikes but the whole website is just this it's so hard to get to the bikes page and it just feels like you know a graphics design company that got out of hand at a christmas party and started making bikes at some point it is so hard to get past the concept of what the bike is and just see the bikes so i went on a couple of them and i just gave up i just Mm -hmm. i just couldn't even get into it hey
0: just imagine that you you're a consumer you got three grand to spend you're pulling up you're opening tabs checking out everybody's website you got you got a hundred tabs open you think you want a canyon you go to their website you're trying to find this bike you get frustrated and you just leave and then you spend your three grand at Vitas or something instead
1: i can absolutely like the for instance the common cell site is just bam done simple yeah but yeah the specialized site again sorry to go off on a tangent but like it's you bad. have to go it through like bad, yeah, keep yeah. scrolling down just to see the bikes, and it's just all this aspirational crap.
3: The canyon's really easy. They just go to the top, and you click on mountain, and then no, you click on. It's terrible. I'm it's on not. it right now. You have to get through a lot of stuff. No, me I can too. click but,
2: directly. Well, you're
1: to... a better man than me, because like, that's why my next. You know, bike... Not only can you find Darren Bearcloth's best friend's bike, yeah, exactly. But also you can navigate <laughs> the canyon website. You just have to look at the, the top man. of
3: these sites. Don't go through all like the aspirational stuff in the middle.
1: It's no, the top. It's just well, either way, maybe I'm just a bit yeah. not tech savvy enough to buy to find a bike on the internet. Pretty depressing thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: I mean, Canyon is, I think, a pretty good option. Like, I think that that, it doesn't look like it's available in the U.S. I think everybody's got, it's hard to find the right bikes because everybody has different uh stuff available. Like, in the U.S., there's no Shimano Neurons available at all. But that, like, that aluminum Neuron, you can get it in Canada at three grand Canadian with SLX and a Rhythm Fork. Um and a dropper post and good stuff. It's just it's got a long stem and a the head tube angle is two degrees too steep. So you take your extra money and put an angle set in it and a shorter stem. So, uh, that's just a good to clarify,
1: I wasn't. It wasn't just Canyon that I think was. You know, there were lots of websites. I think everyone yes. needs to yeah, just I agree calm you. down. Yeah, just put that. Everybody basics.
2: just needs to get Shopify sites. Like, like yeah. <laughs> pre- even if you're not e-commerce, <laughs> pretend you're e-commerce. <laughs> like just put the information in bullet points. Give let people make apples to apples comparison on travel and intended use or whatever. Like don't try and create imaginary categories, like down country, and away we go. Wait, did
3: you pick one, lady? Did I haven't. I haven't one? told you guys no. my pick yet. Yeah. No.
0: What is it? So well for three grand, the bike that comes to mind right away is obviously the Ibis Ripley AF. We mm. rode that bike at the value field test, and. I mean, it worked really well. I liked it a lot. Um, pedals well. We know it worked well. It also weighed like 30-something pounds. Or it might have been 30 pounds bang on. and it. I always liked the way those bikes accelerate and pedal, but it, it also felt like a heavy bike. I'm usually riding, when I'm riding an Ibis Ripley, it's like a 26-pound carbon thing, and it feels quite different. And that bike, it didn't quite have like that, you know, the funness to it that the other ones have. So you know what bike did, though? That polygon siskiu t8 that we rode that thing was 2600 bucks uh great geometry and more importantly great suspension and more well-rounded so i think at three grand i wouldn't try to go more specialized like i wouldn't three grand i'm not looking to get a light sporty trail bike because you're 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 not going to find that you know three grand i think Mm -hmm. i still want to be well-rounded and that polygon siskiu Great suspension. It has a fox rhythm fork up front of some sort and a fox shock in the back and very active suspension. The only bummer is uh it pedals like a downhill bike and a small part of me dies every time I need to use the pedalist switch, but that's that's what I'd have to do. And the brakes. The brakes are scary, but I'd have four hundred dollars left over. So I could either spend that <laughs> I could either spend that money you know, on monster or I could get new brakes. <laughs>
1: You know, when someone, one of your friends meets somebody and they say, oh, they're amazing. Yeah, they're a convicted felon. Yeah, they're, they put my TV for drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, wow. Shit. <laughs> <It sounds special. laughs> but they're so, they're so good looking. I think
0: the brakes can be sorted out with big rotors and different pads, probably, yeah. I would imagine. And I really enjoyed how that bike rode.
1: But it's interesting that because I was speaking to a product manager this week about entry level sort of full suspension bikes and I was testing a bike with a review coming out shortly. The bike is very good, but the damping tune isn't enough, and the brake pads are too soft. And it's, the damping tune is, you know, it's, it's obvious about sort of riding harder. You want a firmer damping tune. Maybe a, a, someone that's it's their versatile suspension bike. It might not be such of a concern. But he was saying that with the soft brake pads, actually, they do it for well, the, their feeling being that. For beginners that are really beginning to modulate their brakes, who may not have had 200 mil rotors on yeah, a front brake before, and I believe that's not a good yeah, I, I kind of think it's the cheapness aspect, but it was an interesting point because they're quiet, which is is good for a lot of people. Because if you're if you're spending 90 percent of the time on your brakes at 30, percent they're just going to make a lot of noise with soft brakes, soft brake pads.
2: They're going to be quieter. There are there is a there is a bit of nuance to his argument. I just find it obnoxious that oh you're quote-unquote only spending three thousand dollars on a bike therefore it's entry level and you're a beginner like no that's three thousand dollars like
1: no i mean i i I agree with you i mean you know you have a bike that it's like we made the most capable bike possible it's like said we made this amazing car and then we fitted drum brakes in it like (laughs) oh for fuck
3: (laughs) you know like
1: but i do kind of understand both sides even though i think it should have metal brake pads
3: i think i think but i would disagree and say a beginner should be able to learn how to use metallic brake pads it's not like a crazy difference it's not like you're grabbing a set of like 220 millimeter trick stuff brakes and kind of you know like they're it should work and then they last longer too so your cost savings if you have metallic brake pads those are going to last longer especially in the wet so i wish all brakes would come equipped with metallic and resin could just die but it's not happening
0: I probably shouldn't say this in case it doesn't happen, but along this same vein in the near future, we are going to have a a product manager on the podcast to talk about specking bikes. We're going to ask him questions exactly like that. Like what the hell are you doing with organic brake pads on your bikes? You know, so I I cannot wait. He might have some good answers for us. So let's move on to our next price, which is a hell of a lot more money. We're going to really go all out. We're going to spend $6,000 on a mountain bike of some kind which should get us something pretty snazzy cas six grand on a mountain bike uh, what did you get
3: i didn't spend that much money it seemed like a lot of money so i'm just going to spend five thousand <laughs> four hundred dollars because that seemed like close enough that's now have a lot of money <laughs> yeah but then i could spend six hundred dollars on like a bike park pass and then i'd be happy because i picked you the, get? i picked the canyon torque cf8
0: oh yeah yeah
3: because yeah. Yeah. i'm actually testing that bike right now and i'm liking it more than i anticipated it's basically the modern version of that SX Trail that I got for a thousand dollars. I would say this is the mm-hmm. new version of it. Yep.
0: So what do you what do you like about that thing, Kaz? Why did it convince you to spend fifty four hundred bucks on that bike?
3: Well, for one thing, there wouldn't be. There's nothing you really need to upgrade out of the box. Like it comes with a two hundred mil dropper post. Um, it's got good suspension. It's the Performance Elite Fox thirty eight, so that has the high end damper. It's got a DHX two uh, coil shock. Let's see what's out DT Swiss FR six fifty wheels. So everything's just kind of basically bulletproof um xt drivetrain xt brakes so it all just kind of works and like i haven't had to yeah, but do anything but does it.
0: it do anything What what is it doing that you like so much that you're like well, rides i would really buy well. this bike yeah.
3: well it rides well it's just it's super oh, well, solid cool. yeah it, this one the one i have is the mullet setup and i'm kind of ambivalent towards mullets i don't really care one way or the other either either pick 29 or mullet it's fine with me but um but i'm kind of liking it like mm-hmm. it's The geometry on paper, I wasn't sure like how this bike would go. It's pretty long. It's like a 490 reach on a size large kind of stubby back end. But, um, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. So uh,
0: 490 reach 63 and a half degree head angle. This is your bike. You're going to ride everywhere.
3: Yeah. Okay okay it's got a steep seat tube angle like you can pedal fine it's obviously not gonna be ideal everywhere but mm-hmm. for my favorite trails it's gonna be the best tool for the job so i yeah. think we've talked about it a lot like i'm obviously not gonna pick this as my cross-country bike but i could go out for a big long pedal and be fine but most of the time i tend to pick out harder trails and things so
0: i'd pick yeah. this one yeah that makes a lot of sense what about you henry what'd you end up with
1: i think for me getting to this price point you can have, well, obviously you can start getting amazing bikes it feels at the moment we've got a bit of um kind of smoke and mirrors i remember when we did that field test in the summer for the enduro bikes there were some bikes that were 6000 US on the nose and so I eagerly looked them up because they were great bikes that I enjoyed riding they're no longer 6000 US dollars things things have changed mm-hmm. um for me looking at a bike that I would consider would be something like to be honest it would be for all riding that you can ride pretty much up and down anything and you know I think part of this fact that we've got a price limit sort of suggests you're only going to have one bike so it needs to be very versatile it would actually maybe even be the transition sentinel i think um you could get a if you wanted to go slightly over you could get carbon and xt for just over 60 i think like 6300 us if you wanted to go a bit cheaper you go to nx but i think at that money like listen if you're spending six grand you want a nice drivetrain in in my in my bag anyway um so you could actually get like the gx alloy you know and have pocket of money to spare you know i also looked at the nukeproof mega i really like these bikes that for the one bike to do it all that kind of once were the sort of enduro bikes but now they've been almost in some ways superseded in travel at least mm-hmm. by these super enduro bikes so the proof mega i think would be another excellent shout you know um mm-hmm. just a sensible bike that is a couple of, you know you could ride on absolutely mm-hmm. anything but it's not going to be so you know i mean on one end of the spectrum, you know travel doesn't necessarily weigh anything especially when you've got the same fork and etc slightly different stroke length in the shock or something but i think to have a bike that's going to be fun on trails that aren't super gnarly it can be nice just to have a little bit less sometimes
2: it's interesting that this is the first price point where there's mostly like dealer wholesale bike shop brands
1: yeah i suppose i don't know i think for i mean maybe it's me to be a bit old timey but i think when you are spending a lot of money it is sort of nice to go into have the have the bike shop experience as it were i don't know maybe that's me being a bit prissy i mean my box. obviously i we get bikes quite often and they just get delivered in a box and it doesn't really affect me too much but i think it's an occasion you're spending a load of money it's really nice to be able to go somewhere and collect it and, and feel like you're getting the full experience
3: i mean mine was consumer direct and it even comes i have to mention this since we're talking about canyon it has an owner's manual that's 1067 pages long it's like a bible like the it's canyon the size bible. of a... yeah it's huge it's in every language ever i <laughs> think there's like it? even extinct languages it's printed oh yeah it's printed yeah 1000 oh, page its so this is like
1: elvish and stuff and yeah okay. exactly no
2: no writing any no environmental stories from canyon until they get rid of that yeah oh, i need, need to take a picture of it's roll. crazy <laughs> like that is that is a lot of I, horrendous and needless yeah. yeah
0: i far prefer paper
3: yeah i'll send I mean, it to you it's gonna cost like 40 dollars to send
1: <laughs> i suppose yeah levy you can't really talk because the podcast document that we use is currently running about similar sort of page numbers so you know these things happen they yeah. get out of hand right yeah levy prints it print
3: it off before every
1: podcast well, oh, man
3: <laughs>
0: yeah
1: it honestly is the- there is there is an internet outage in Squamish every time i have to load this thing it's just because <laughs> i just suck up all the bandwidth <laughs>
2: I will say that, like from brand side, doing owners' manual sucks because things always happen and change. And oh, that torque value changed and blah blah blah. Like, they should just all be online. Like, if you're like, put the PDF online so that it has the most up to date information. Just give people a QR code or whatever. Like, they bought the bike on the internet. They can access the internet again probably to get the information. Yeah, I'd imagine there's probably some. Maybe they sense. went to the library. Yeah,
3: there's got to be a law though. Probably the reason they have to have
2: it printed out like i don't think Uh, but if other it doesn't need to like put the stupid boilerplate one that everybody puts in that's like one page of nothing's our fault yeah and then
0: like visit the website for more yeah Yeah. next thing you guys are going to be telling me that banning plastic straws is going to save the save the world but let's move on (laughs) (laughs) sorry turtles i need straws i took a little bit different approach than you guys i think for six thousand dollars i want a bike That makes me feel like a superhero, whether that's fitter or whether that's that I have way more handling skill than I do, uh, or way more courage than I do. I just think 6,000 fun tokens. That's so many. Like, so for me,
3: you got a downhill bike.
0: (laughs) Well, I looked at a $6,000 stump jumper because that probably does make the most sense, but it's also, it's boring because it's the most obvious choice. Mm -hmm. So then I looked at two bikes. I narrowed it down to an element. I forget which model, but it was about $5,400 and Santa Cruz's Blur TR. Wait, what? No, Levy, you just said, what? No. What? You said
1: (laughs) only one that you couldn't have a bike because it was sketchier. (laughs) Well,
0: now I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. This is a fast bike that i could xc race on that i could do long rides on i do the tr so it have a 120 fork 115 uh, rear end i realize that you know what it is not nearly as capable is that element 100 percent here we go oh, it's just say i've got deja vu yeah. we've done this <laughs> no, before we've been yeah. here before no, for sure. No, no. <laughs> well you guys just oh, pick no. normal bikes oh, you guys pick you guys picked like mountain bikes Wait, how is your here? bike not
3: normal you picked a santa cruz blur it's about as normal as it gets
0: it's just it's a super it's, just it's like, a super short travel sporty bike that's gonna make me oh, feel no. fast and good i can't do it i can't do until it until we go ride gargamel said, again. i like to you do have the walk i'm not it's not a fucking gargamel bike it's not for that I'll still try that. I like to
1: do the wiring in my house myself. Just, I just, I don't, I, I don't like to know what's going to happen.
2: Oh, I do think God. that there's something. I do like that. The narrative of it, the the higher up in price you go, like there's sort of the two options. One is you get spend more money and you get a bike that's better at more things, or you spend more money and you focus in yes. on something. And I think Kaz and Henry have spent more money to get a more diverse bike, a more adaptable bike and you've spent more money to get a more focused and purpose purposeful bike i
3: mean i bought a freeride bike i don't know how diverse and adaptable the torque is
2: like it's eh, i mean you can still get up and do the things and you made a point of saying yeah you don't want to like, be limited it's still you can still of, do
3: big days it's still just as purposeful as a blur yeah. tr is yeah, like f- if you took the, f- the, ride, the scale like... of terrain like the blur is like your xc trail thing and mine is like the enduro mm-hmm. freeride thing they're just kind oh, of right okay so you did free
2: freeride levy did xc and yeah. Henry's the one who did didn't choose the spire yeah you exactly. regret that now henry <laughs> Just
1: yeah. every every atom of restraint in my body was just don't
0: do
2: it <laughs> but all of you guys got carbon bikes uh yeah for, for six grand. grand yeah
0: yeah
1: i'm not sure i would for six thousand dollars yeah but brian you're the man that's bought the old hernia- herniator that bloody hard <laughs> yours i want to make it as capable and as uncomfortable as possible like what <laughs> i mean
2: i think the point we already have to go into all these things with saying don't do what brian does like brian has terrible ideas and taste
3: who's making a six thousand dollar aluminum bike that you like besides common saw
2: i was gonna say i assume common does yeah i mean they're like it's just go ahead for for value common saw maybe canyon then i think that i like i like the travel range that sort of one thirty to one fifty type thing. I think Canyon has that neuron. Very all mountain. Um, <laughs> subduro. I was thinking. <laughs> I Maybe mean, you could get this,
3: uh, the the stump jumper Evo. That's stump jumper Evo would be really high on my list. Yeah, that's fifty six hundred. So you'd be there. Oh. But then for three hundred dollars less, you could buy a carbon fiber Canyon. So
2: yeah, for I mean, I'd rather have I'd rather have better suspension Gosh. than a carbon frame. This
1: is this is getting pretty watered down now
2: <laughs> i'm gonna delete the last
0: five minutes Don't worry. That's probably good. all right that is enough talking about how we'd spend money that we don't have let's wrap this up with comment gold and this was posted by pb user map guy under our podcast where we talked about going to press camps which is episode 102 casimir and i we basically just complained and moaned for an hour and a half about having to travel and ride bikes for work and Map Guy says, <clears throat> sounds a lot like these are depress camps. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> that is it for our three bike challenge episode. I'm not sure how well we did or if our choices made any sense, but I'm sure that you guys will let us know about it in the comments. And put your three bikes in the comments as well and tell us why you chose them. We'll see you next episode. <laughs>